The race to 5G is on, and the battle for talent is getting fierce. Welcome to 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, a podcast dedicated to helping you face the future workforce head on. Navigate this challenging talent landscape with innovative strategies to attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. Only here on 5G Talent Talk with Carrie Charles, CEO of Broadstaff Talent Solutions. Thanks for joining me today on 5G Talent Talk. I'm Carrie Charles, and today we are going to be talking about a major milestone that has been reached along the journey of 5G. We'll talk about how that milestone is going to affect employees, employers, and the wireless industry as a whole. I'm super excited to have on the show with me today, Dwayne McEntee. Dwayne is the Executive Director of the National Wireless Safety Alliance, and he's an attorney and founding partner at Barker McEntee. Dwayne, thanks so much for being on the show today. You're welcome, Carrie. Thank you for having me. So, Dwayne, tell me more about, first, Barker McEntee. What do you do? Who are your clients? Who do you serve? Sure. Well, just briefly, we're a small boutique law firm that focuses its practice area on engineering firms and contractors in uh, the industry that deploy wireless networks. We perform services such as outside general counsel. We advise on policy processes, risk management, insurance matters. We've recently expanded to include merger and acquisition, so we represent our clients in that uh, regard too, but mostly targeting smaller, mid-sized engineering firms and contractors in the industry. A very important job for our industry. Thank you. (laughs) So, Dwayne, now tell me about the National Wireless Safety Alliance and your role as executive director. Sure. Well, before we get into my role, let me talk a little bit about the the NWSA is the way we uh, like to call it. NWSA. (laughs) NWSA. First of all and foremost, we're not an association. We are an entity. It's a, a 501c6 nonprofit that was formed by the industry, literally for the industry. And we were a byproduct of a big collaborative effort between a very broad coalition of industry stakeholders, consensus body, if you will. And we provide accredited, nationally recognized, independent assessments that are verifiable and portable to the employee for knowledge and skills as technicians on towers. That's really kind of the nutshell of it is we're a certification body for tower technicians. We're not a training effort. We don't do training. We're solely in the business of conducting tests and examinations and certifying technicians. As far as my role, like many, uh, any kind of executive director in a nonprofit, I help the board of governors and the board of directors. We can talk about that in a little bit more detail, but good governance and, you know, working on the mission, implementation and planning, reporting to the board, making sure that resources are used wisely, focus very heavily on people. We're a volunteer driven organization. Yeah. Most of our subject matter experts, all of our subject matter experts are volunteers, and they come from all aspects of the industry. Uh, so we want to make sure that those SMEs are aligned with our goals and program development, developing the certifications that the industry says is, are important as a worker, as an employer, as the industry as a whole, as you mentioned previously. And of course, there's always the money aspect of it, right? So we are a nonprofit. Got to put a little plug in for that. We rely very heavily on the good graces of many, many generous organizations in the industry. And of course, we budget and try to be good stewards of that money. Wow. So, Dwayne, it sounds like that you are a very busy man. Do you ever sleep? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Very low. I get get some, yes. (laughs) Okay, good. Good. So, you said something very important, which is the word accredited. 
And that's what I want to talk about with you today. NWSA was recently awarded the ANSI accreditation, which is very exciting. What does this mean? And this is a multi-part question. What was the motivation behind this goal? And please talk about the long journey to get there. Absolutely. And it was quite a journey. Let me give a little bit of a historical perspective. I've been in the industry now 20 years, a blink of an eye, and it went by so quick. But back in the uh, 2013, 2014 timeframe, the industry was really getting tagged with a pretty, not the kind of reputation we want. We were leading the nation, frankly, for fatalities per capita in our industry. Got the attention of Department of Labor, OSHA, and other uh, governmental bodies. We were labeled at one point as the most hazardous industry in the nation, which is not what you want to be number one in ever, right? Now, these are people's lives that we're talking about. So the motivation really was to improve safety in our industry and to do something about it ourselves, to self-regulate, if you will, to make sure that we're doing it properly. The journey has been tremendous. You know, I've met so many wonderful people that have donated thousands of hours of time to, to make this happen. Back in 2013, at that time frame of a lot of turbulence and reputation uh, that we didn't want to see, a group got together in Dallas. They formed a, um, a safety task force. It was the brainchild of actually one of the current industry leaders at Black & Beach, a gentleman by the name of Marty Travers. He got together with some other industry leadership, including the NATE organization, National Association of Tower Erectors. And they conceived a meeting and they brought together stakeholders, broad stakeholders, carriers, tower owners, contractors, you name it. There was a huge group that gathered in uh, Dallas, Texas back in 2013. And the outcome from that was basically to come up with a, a method of improving proficiency of the workforce, meaning start out as a safety focus, which it still is very safety driven, but the correlation between safety and quality can't be underestimated. It's inseparable, if you will. So that was the, the launching pad of an idea. And from that, a matrix was developed, a national consensus matrix of what are the skills and abilities that we want to see in a well-developed, proficient workforce. And fast forward to 2015, the National Wireless Safety Alliance was incorporated as a nonprofit organization. We formed our board of directors and board of governors. Board of governors is really unique in that there are 31 seats representing every aspect of the industry. I mentioned carriers, tower owners, contractors of all sizes, tower climbers. At the time, we called them climbers. They're now technicians. We used to say accreditation means something, and I'll get to that in a moment. But it's really a consensus body of the industry for the industry to make sure that we are doing it right. And we now have an accredited trade certification. There's a big difference between a trade certification, as you know, and a training certificate. Both are very important. You have to have good training. You want to have acknowledgement that workers have gotten trained. But the accredited trade certification is really that professional moniker that you carry with you, not unlike uh, certified welders, electricians, other professional mm -hmm. trades that exist in, in the United States. Very similar. Why is this great for the wireless industry? As I mentioned, there's a big difference. You need both the certificates and the certifications. But really, the trade certification is really the most valuable of the two in the sense that we now have a standardized method of independent verification through assessments that are statistically validated through the ANSI accreditation process, which is under an international standards organization standard. Mm -hmm. So it's a very, very in-depth effort you have to go through to get there. It's something you can rely on. It's verified. It's validated. It's made, it's, it is what it is. It's just a good certification that means something now to the trade. 
let's split the workers up in two categories to Mm -hmm. the existing workforce and then the new incoming workforce. So talk about the benefits to each group of individuals. Okay, let's start with the existing workforce because the, the new and incoming workforce, those same benefits apply, but we add to it. So for the existing workforce, obviously there are a lot of very dedicated men and women out there that are deploying 5G technology infrastructure. It's critical to the American uh, public to have that, to be the first to achieve it, if you will. Many implications there internationally, we want to be the first to do that. But to do so, we want to make sure that those workers not only come to work, but go home at night safe. So safer environment is first priority. Uh, Knowledge and skills that are truly verified in an independent way that is standardized across the nation so that a worker in Florida has the same credential as a worker in, let's say, Washington State, and those two individuals have that certification that is portable. It goes with that worker. So it is a portable credential that travels with the worker. It's not tagged to any employer, irrespective of who employs that, that worker, that technician, I'll call it now, now that they're certified, it's a technician, and it's a reputable standardized assessment that's used to do that. So that's kind of the, it's professionalism. You think about it, for a long time, this industry in many cases has kind of self-identified with less than professional titles, and we want to you know, avoid that. We are now coming of our own age in the professional realm. For new and incoming workforce, all of those same benefits apply. However, as we look at workforce development, the need to have more workers supporting the fifth generation wireless deployments and communication networks generally, whether you're on a tower or you're planting fiber or whatever you're doing, We want to make sure that the workforce coming in to perform those tasks are adequately trained and working through, you know, we're just one piece of the puzzle. Certification is kind of on the end of the spectrum. On the front end of the very beginning, you have to attract workers in somehow. You have to bring them into either a school or an employer that's going to invest in their training. Mm -hmm. And you want to attract them and retain them. So creating a pathway, a career progression, if you will, that they can clearly see a technician one, a technician two, specialty areas, foreman certification. They now have a path they can clearly see a career, not just a job, but something that can sustain them and their families for years to come. That's really what we were hoping to achieve. Working with Nate, working with WIA's HIRAP program, those are all very, very important pieces of this workforce development puzzle. This is exciting news. So let's talk now about the benefits of this accreditation to employers. Very good. So as I just described, the stakeholders that participated in development of the programs were predominantly employers. When you think about who gets together, and I really want to emphasize at some point in this conversation how these certifications are developed, the testing for the certification. But employer-based contractors, predominantly large, medium, and small, got together and they worked hard at making sure it was something that was useful to them in terms of the skills and abilities that they want to see in a technician, and it levels the playing field. Think about companies that are hiring people in. They want to make sure that that person is qualified without having to waste resources to find that out. So that's a benefit right on the outset, but it also does level the playing field from a competitive standpoint. Unfortunately, we know there are contractors that aren't always doing everything that we'd like them to do. And so this is an opportunity to incentivize those contractors to hire those qualified workers that have been verified and it's valid that they are able to do the job that their the contractors are hired to do. So what types of certifications are available now and what's on the horizon? 
So currently, when we talk about accreditation, we actually have two certification programs of our portfolio that have been accredited by the Anthony National Accreditation Board. It's ANAB. For that All these department. acronyms. I love it. I know, but, but it's, it's, an ANSI, <laughs> it's an ANSI accreditation. The telecommunications tower technician level one and level two, our two um, programs, have been accredited this month, actually, with, with ANSI. We also have what's known as an antenna and line specialty certification, which rides on top of Triple T2, the Technician 2 level. It, uh, you have to have the Technician 2 to, to be able to sit for that. And then above that, and there'll be more specialties. We have on deck advanced rigging concepts, structural modifications. Mm-hmm. We're looking at small cell. We don't know if that's going to be a specialty or that's going to be a certification of its own. If we go that route, it's really up to the Board of Governors. That's their role to guide us. They are the industry. They guide us into what we should be doing. And then on top of those specialties is a foreman. First time ever in this industry we've had some sort of certification or even a certificate that goes to that level of leadership. And that's predominantly what that test is about is 45% of the questions on that test are made up of leadership qualities, making sure that foreman understands the role, not just on the tools, but how to work with and through others to get the job done. So who does the training? Well, the beauty of this program is everyone does the training. I mean, we're very much indifferent to how training is conducted. We want good training. No question that you know, we have to have good training, whether it's through a third-party training company or through a community at college or trade school or through in-house training programs that some contractors have developed. It really doesn't matter which road you take. All those roads lead to NWSA certification. What we want to make sure is that our test is a valid test that that technician, when they come to sit at it, they have had the appropriate training and that we validate with some level of certainty that on that day, they've had that training. We test enough of the elements or various domains, knowledge domains that we want to know that they have a, a mastery of, and we test them on it. And one of the beauties of the, it's the ISO, International Standards Organization Standard 17024, which the ANSI, you know, all this technical jargon, right? But basically, it's a very deliberate and disciplined approach to making sure that our testing is achieving what we want it to. And so that's why accreditation is really important. Are the tests in any other languages? You're the first to hear this, actually. And I'm I'm pleased (laughs) to be here to to tell you about it. There'll be more coming shortly. But just this week, our board of directors and board executive committee, we have approval now to move forward with Spanish language testing. And so this year, we will be going through the development phase of that. Once again, under this standard that we have to live by for accreditation, we need to make sure that the translation is done properly in and of itself is its own process. But this year we will launch a Spanish version of the Triple T1 and Triple T2. This is so exciting and everything's a process. I mean, it takes time, but the great news is that you've made so much progress up to this point and much needed in the 5G workforce. There's been this skills gap that everyone talks about. There's a workforce shortage. There's been just all kinds of issues and crisis around workforce. How do you see that, or what does this accreditation mean for the future 5G workforce? Like, let's speed up the movie, and what's going to change in the future based on this accreditation? Great question. While it's been debated how many workers are needed to support the fifth generation rollout, 5G rollout, no matter who you're speaking with, it's a lot, right? I mean, <laughs> whether, no matter who you talk to, we don't know the exact number, but it's all, we think it's a lot. So what accreditation means to that workforce, both existing and the new blood that we have to bring in to do this, is it something they can kind of put a stake in the ground and say, okay, there's a career to be made of this. We need the best and the brightest to step up and step in to this industry. 
And we're competing with other industries right now. Frankly, there's an opportunity for us, if we take advantage of it, to show that new worker, that veteran that's transitioning to come in our industry and they now have a trade they can come into and do, do work for. Mm. We need that for fifth generation. And one of the beauties of the way NWSA has to be structured through its governance and through the Board of Governors, that broad coalition, that broad cross-section, we may not be as nimble. We have to be deliberate in the way we do it. But we hear feedback constantly about the needs of the industry. And we adapt. We have to. That's our mission. Mm -hmm. So we will adapt our credentials and our accreditation program as, well, we don't adapt the accreditation program. We adapt the credential. But we will make sure that we are meeting the needs of the industry by listening to the industry. You know, I'm speaking, I'm sure, on behalf of the entire industry when I say thank you, Dwayne, for everything that you've done along with your incredible team. And this really is something that has made a difference and will make a difference in the lives of thousands of people and save lives as well. So where can we learn more about NWSA? Let's say if somebody wants to learn about the accreditation, the training or the testing or an employer wants to learn more. The best way to do that is to go to our website, which is www.nws-a.org. Make sure the dash is in there. And that'll take you to our website, which has all this information. And I frankly would, for those that are really interested in what it means to become certified, there's a handbook, the candidate handbook. Download that. It's available free of charge. Download it. And it walks through the entire program from a candidate's perspective so they can see what it takes to become certified and what the elements of it are. I mean, it's, it's important that they understand what they're getting into. So tell me now where we could learn more about Barker McEntee. Well, my firm has a website too. It's uh, www.barkermcentee.com. Appreciate that. And by the way, if, if I could, if you don't mind, I'd like to yeah, give a shout please. out to all of the volunteers and staff that have from the industry and from our, our vendor partners that have made this a reality. Our ability to become accredited took hundreds of volunteers and staff and countless thousands of hours worth of effort over the course of the last, well, now five years. So we appreciate right. everyone. Hats off to you all. Thank you so much, Dwayne, for being on the show today. It's just an important topic. And again, we truly appreciate all that you and your team have done to get us to this place. Carrie, thank you for all that you do as well and getting the word out. Thank you. Be well. You too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another informative episode of 5G Talent Talk brought to you by RCR Wireless News, Telecom Careers, and Broadstaff Talent Solutions. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate this ever-changing landscape of 5G to help you attract, retain, and engage people in this new world of work. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit broadstaffglobal.com. Until next time.